0: What's up and welcome to Espresso with Erin and Sarit, the show where you go to gain the confidence and self-empowerment that you need to live your best and most authentic life.
1: Tough love conversations to reveal the simple truths that will transform your relationships, your body and your bank account. We are your hosts.
0: I'm Erin. And I'm Sarit. And we are on a mission to transform the lives of millions through the same fitness, nutrition Lifestyle and financial habits that have transformed ours.
1: Good morning, you guys, and welcome to our show. Today, we have with us a very special guest. Mariam Alali helps others embrace their authentic self to serve a bigger purpose. Her mission is to train people to intentionally grow the areas of their life that can help them become better for themselves, their families their communities, societies, and nations. She's the founder of, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Gesheba Training Center. Mariam is the first Emirati licensee by the business guru and leader of the 10X movement, Grant Cardone, and first Emirati to also be certified by the personal development coach and leadership guru, John Maxwell. Mariam, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much for hosting me. It's an absolute pleasure for me to be on your show. I remember the first time we met, I mean, virtually, was with Richie Dolan. This is how this is what I remember. And then we met in person during Grant Cardone's Mastermind
1: in December, if I remember correctly. You have great memory. I'm trying. It's when, 100. So, you know, my first question for you is, that, you know, just hearing about what your mission is, it is very evident that you like your belief in people is so high. Now, nobody is just born like believing in people so much. You had to have overcome something within your mm-hmm. own life that you had to do to believe in yourself. You know, walk us through the journey and tell us a little bit about, you know, like how did you like what were the experiences that led you to? You know, believe in yourself the way that you do so that now you want to empower others to do the same thing, too.
2: Beautiful. Thank you so much for this question. Actually, if you allow me, I'm going to give you a little bit of a background for for me to be able to answer that question. So um, I'm born and raised here in the United Arab Emirates in a very conservative family. My grandmother, may she rest in peace, is the one who raised me after my mom passed away. And she raised me in a very like a conservative way. This was the way she was raised and she raised me the way she was raised as well. So I remember my grandmother, like the only the only place I can go to without her watching over me was to school. So I would go to school, come back and that's it. And I've been doing it for like 12 years until I graduated from high school. And then when I graduated from high school and I went to college, that was my very first experience of being around people from the other parts of the Emirates, and they were all girls. It was an all-girls university, the university I went into. And I remember when I went there, like my grandmother, she was very protective. She was very scared. Like she was always like watch the time and see what time I will be coming back from university. Again, out of her being very lo- loving and very protective of me. Uh, and I remember like even once uh, I was very late from school and she kind of freaked out and she called all the neighbors like, oh my God, mariam I'm get kidnapped. No, I didn't get kidnapped. I was just late. Like the bus broke. And, you know, she was, again, the fact that she was very protective of me and everything else. So imagine this girl uh, by the age of 17, she didn't see much of the world. And now she is at the university connecting with other uh, students from all around the Emirates, like learning about life. And also, The fascinating thing for me was learning from my professors, the ladies and gentlemen who were teaching me like all these different uh, topics in in college. By the way, I don't remember much of college. I remember this experience only. So what happened is that at that time, it's not like I didn't only know much about life or what, what do I need to do, purpose, goals. The only reason I went to college is to get a degree and get a job. Right. So this is what I've been told. This is everybody around me was doing. Again, Grant Cardone would call this average, and this is pretty much what I was aiming for. And then, by the, as I mentioned, I was sitting with my professors and I would sit with them, listen to them, hear their stories. My professors from coming from all around the world, from the United States, they were coming from England, from Europe, from, from Asia, from Australia, from all around the world. And for me, I found joy in just having a conversation with them. I found the fact that they are different than me so beautiful. And it triggered me to even keep asking them all these questions. And I would be seen as the only student who would be hanging out with the professors, okay? Like, who is this girl who is always like for lunch or for dinner? She is always with the professors, the ladies and gentlemen, and she's learning from them. And I remember that day, the day that changed everything in me. I was 17. It was my first year in college. And I remember that a lot of Ladies in my universities were bothered by the fact that I will be mingling with my professors, and the, and one of them actually she came to me one day out of the blue, and she said to me, Miriam, if you if you dare if you dare to sit with your professor at lunch, you can actually date him. And for in, in my culture, it's not it's not acceptable to even date and stuff. And again, a topic for another day, maybe. So it was, and again, when she said that, I was like, how. How did, How is her mindset is like that? I'm getting to know my professors. It's a beautiful Then they are different than me. I'm practicing my English and stuff like that. And then I went to see my English teacher. His name is Gary Thomas O'Neill. And I said, went to him after 48 hours of that encounter with the lady. And I said, Mr. Gary, I came to the university with the intention of getting a degree. Now I've been facing something else that I didn't expect. Like why people are perceiving me different from the way I perceive myself. And you know what he said to me? He said to me a statement that I am using until today when I coach ladies, when I see them exceptional. He said to me, Maryam, all roses, they grow in a certain length. They grow on a certain height. When one rose tries to outreach everyone else, they try to chop it off to make it equal to everyone else. Don't allow anyone to chop you off.
0: I saw crystal. Wow. I was and I was thinking the same thing. And it's like, we we say crabs in a bucket when one crab is trying to crawl out of the bucket. The other ones are like grabbing it it down, pull it back down. It's the same concept and it's beautiful. I like the rose for this specific community because it's like, Rose is a little bit more of a beautiful concept than a crab, but, and nobody likes crabs, but that like, don't let anybody chop you off. It changed me.
2: It changed me. That's, I think that was the beginning of me building a thick skin. Okay. I think that was the very first, like, that is my first encounter of, of me building a thick skin. And I remember after that day, I'm like, oh my God, if I'm perceiving my way, my myself in a way, someone else's perception of me, it's their thing, not mine. It is their perception. It's their view of the world, not mine. I view the world differently and they do it from their own perspective. And I respect that. But I believe that no one has the right to judge anyone if they don't know what they are going through. So I remember that experience in itself led me to realize that, you know what? As much as you believe in yourself, there are a lot of other people who don't. There are a lot of ladies when I noticed it during the university, they were going through different stages of life. You know how college was. I mean, I don't know. Like in in UAE, it's a little bit different. But anyways, but again, I would notice that they they would stop going after something they want because someone told them to do so. In my case, if someone tells me to not to do something, I would challenge it and I would say why, or just I would want to go, go ahead and and I'd go ahead and have the uh, the conversation. For me, it was all about asking questions. And when I when the more I ask questions, I more the more I got to know about myself and about the world around me. And mm-hmm. here, when I realized that, you know what, Maryam. You believe in yourself. You have it in you. It's something, again, it's a bus. It's a muscle I've been building all these years. It's not something that, oh my God, I'm going to stop doing it because I'm perfect. Nobody is. And I believe until the last day of, of my life, I'm going to still keep that building that muscle. So bottom line is that I believe in people who don't believe in themselves because they don't see it yet. We all need that defining moment, a life-defining moment that will show us something in ourselves that we didn't know about. And for me, I had many of them. It started with that story with Mr. Gary O'Neill.
0: That's so beautiful. And and I want to ask too, I love talking with people from different ethnicities, different cultures, different countries and backgrounds, because all we know is what we've lived. All we know is what we've seen, what answers we've gotten from the questions we've asked. That's all we know. And so thank you for coming here to share a piece of a different piece of the world And I want to ask because you're in a position where, you know, like you were talking about growing up in a very conservative environment where, you know, the rules are kind of made for you. And if you don't abide by them, it's not a good thing. Nobody agrees with you. Right. So. How do you, you're talking about building thick skin and you're talking about, I practice building that muscle every day. When somebody tells you not to do something or somebody questions you or makes you, uh, gives you the impression that, oh, you shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that because of whatever status quo or average behavior they're accustomed to, how do you overcome that? What are the things you tell yourself to overcome when somebody is trying to to cut you off so you can stay the same height as everybody else?
2: That's a beautiful question. Again, this question has two different phases for me. So the first thing I would like to answer is one of the reasons that I built a thick skin is I didn't do it on my own. I give a big Mm. credit of that to my father. My dad, he is ahead of his time. My dad, after my mom passed away, he never got married. He devoted his life for me and my brothers, right? So, I remember my father since I was a, a little girl, he would tell me that uh, don't allow a day to pass without adding value to yourself." And I remember like the vision I have of my father in my in my childhood, he would be sitting on his desk, he had a huge library at home, and in front of him, he had this prayer that said, "And all my six and I owe all my success to God." So my father, he is a big part of my life in terms of me building my thick skin because he've always been there for me, supporting me. Now, yes, it's a little bit of a, I've been growing up in a bit of a conservative society, uh, family. Again, the fact that I'm even showing my face here, many people consider it unacceptable. And I have to deal with a lot of haters and naysayers every single day. They send me like hate messages and stuff like that. But again, what keeps me intact, what keeps me going what keeps me moving regardless of everything that happens to me that and I'm not even planning for is because I have a purpose. I have a purpose bigger than who I am. When you have a purpose, you're going to find that fuel that will, that will keep pushing you forward regardless of the challenges you're facing. So every time someone would criticize me, try to put me down, try, or, or try to be like a blocker or try to say something, do something, prevent me from the thing that i want to go after i'm like you have a purpose you have a purpose your purpose is to help others embrace their authentic self to serve a bigger purpose someone today when you meet them be it in a coffee house be it someone you you the person who's helping you with with your car the person who's coming to your training today you need to connect someone with their authentic self because when you do they will be able to find their purpose as a result they're going to be serving a bigger purpose and for me That's the main reason I live. I cannot even begin to tell you like there were situations I almost quit, but because I reminded myself of my purpose, I kept going. And because I know that someone out there, they need to hear my voice as much as I love to hear the voices of other people. My purpose led me to Miami during the pandemic three times. You know, I went to to Miami three times during the pandemic to attend different trainings with Grant Cardone and his amazing team. So I attended Bay Mastermind with Elena in September, and then I did the accelerator program in December, and the mastermind with you ladies, and also I did the on January, like just a few days ago. I came back from and the other the scaling workshop. My point is when you find purpose, it's going to fuel you. For me, it's my fuel. I always remind myself that I am serving something bigger than who I am. It's never about me. Your purpose. It's never about you. It's never about you. If it's about you, it's something else, whatever you wanna call it. But your purpose is something about you. Um, actually, a few days ago, I was. So I'm a person of faith, right? So I've, I've been. I've been. I read the Quran many times, but I've like this. Sometimes you read something, but it doesn't resonate with you. A Few days ago, uh, there was this story that I read about Moses when God revealed, like when God told him that he is going to be messenger to the people of Israel. So I remember. I was reading it and then there was a verse in the Quran that it didn't click with me until that day. And it said in Arabic, it says, I have chosen you, so listen to what I'm revealing to you. I have chosen you, so listen to what I'm revealing to you. I have chosen you, so listen to what I'm revealing to you. And for me, when I read it, like, Something up, it was in Miami by the way, during the scaling workshop. I don't know why. When I was, I just got chills like, oh my god, I feel like this purpose, this thing, God has chosen me for this mission because He won, he, sh- he showed me something that He wants me to show others. And I believe every single individual, they have their own purposes, they have their own thing going on. And when God reveals it to you, He shows you that it's because He wants you to show. The rest of the world, that. So the thing that keeps me going, regardless of all the challenges, is my purpose. It's my fuel, without a doubt.
0: I don't want to take all the questions. No. Do you have one? I just want to know, how. what was it that happened in your life that made you realize that that is your purpose? Was there a transformation or something you overcame or had to deal with that was life-changing for you? And then that's when you said everybody needs to experience this? Or how did that happen for you? How did you find that purpose? Because a lot of people in this community struggle with, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my purpose is. And you can give yourself purpose. And normally, like Sari and I will say, your mess becomes your message. Yes. Um, And so what was that for you?
2: Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, So for me, I'm going to share something but. Every single one of you guys, were, it, this story was in resonate with you, but with, from your own perspective. Okay, so when I graduated from college, I did accounting and finance, as I mentioned at the beginning. It was because I wanted to get a job. That's it. like I want to get a degree. In 2009, when the crisis hit, okay, and and I was almost done with my university, and I went as an intern to one of the British banks here in Dubai. And within like a month, I was offered a position as an assistant finance manager. I'm like, sure, I'll take it. So I took the job. And I'm gonna tell you guys, like it was a great experience. Everybody who would be looking at my life will be like, oh my God, Miriam's life is amazing. Why? Because I have the beautiful cars. I own beautiful jewelry. I can travel wherever I want. I go to high-end places, whatever it is. So for people, my life was amazing. For me, open my heart, there is nothing in it. Like I'm waking up every single morning. Oh, it's time to go to work, get stuck in traffic. I go to my desk, I do my financials, I close the books and everything else. And I did that for almost 3 years. And I've never felt like I've, there was something missing. The weird thing though is that during the day I do finance, during the evening I do I go to universities and I go to like women empowerment organizations and I do training. So during the day I have my life, and during the night I have a different life. But nothing really resonated with me, right? In 2012, when I started my master's, I came across this book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. He started talking about the golden circle. I'm like, and he starts talking about purpose. I'm like, what is this now? I'm here supposed to be taking my master's. What is this guy talking about now? That same night, I went to the bookstore. I grabbed the book and I read it and I sent Simon Sinek a, a Facebook message just to thank him for the book. He replied two months later. Anyways, it was my very first introduction to purpose but at that time like okay it's something good to know but what is mine I don't know I'm gonna go keep working on my finance thing in 2015 September 4th 2015 I was in Miami oh my god a lot of stores related to Miami what's going on I was in Miami with one of my friends and we decided that morning to go to Orlando to to go to Disneyland and you guys know how it feels like to go to Disneyland we're very excited like oh my god we're gonna we're gonna buy everything we're gonna play everything We're gonna do everything, right? And then I remember our excitement, woke up at 5.30 in the morning, we took the bus, and on our way to Orlando, we kept receiving some disturbing messages from the social media in Dubai. And we were so disturbed by the messages that we didn't even want to look at our phones. We couldn't take selfies, we couldn't take Instagram photos because we are so scared of confirming whatever we were reading. I don't remember how we got back to Miami that evening, or what I remember is the following morning. I woke up and I read that confirmed message from the authorities. All what all what I could say is that uh, 42, 42, 42, and and my friend she woke up and she's like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like, "42, we lost 42. It was a battle that happened." I don't want to share much of the details, but we lost our soldiers that day. And in UAE, it's a small community. We are one million people, and everybody knows everyone. For me that day, I felt like I I lost a father, I lost a brother, I lost an uncle, I lost a cousin. And I remember looking at the flag of my country, and I said to myself, "You've you've been singing the national anthem all your life. And in the national anthem, it says, I'm going to sacrifice my soul for you, my homeland. I'm like, your brothers have sacrificed. They made the ultimate sacrifice for your country. What are you doing? You're doing training, coaching. Is this this what you are made, made for? And I remember at that time, my gut feeling told me to keep going because everybody has a mission. And I didn't know what mine was. I wanted to serve, but I didn't know how to serve. One year later, I was doing a training for young ladies. By the end of the training, a police officer, she came to me and without any introductions, she hugged me. She said, keep doing what you're doing because you are reminding us all of our authentic self. That day I realized something. When I wear my Shayla and when I wear my traditional dress and when I hold the flag of my country in my heart before I wear it anywhere in me, I'm sending signals about who I am. And I realized that it's not about me. As much as I like to be authentic and as much as I like to come across that the real me, I want to help others find their real them. That's how my purpose was born. I want to help others embrace their authentic self to serve a bigger purpose. Because when you know who you truly are, and many of us, life takes us left, right, and center, and it takes us to situations, and we get distracted by many things, and we forget the main thing. We forget our gifts, passion, values, what got us excited when we were kids. We see it in our kids, but we don't see it in ourselves. We see the passion. We see the gifts, we see what our kids are good at, but we forget about our own. So when I help someone connect to who they truly are, without filters, without the materialistic stuff, without the Gucci's and without the all these beautiful materialistic stuff, which by the way, I don't mind, but there is something deeper than that. It is our authentic self. So when I talk about purpose, this is my story on how I find my purpose. And every single one of us, and I'm going to tell you something, guys purpose is not something you discover it's something you find you've been doing it all your life but you didn't know it's called purpose i've been <clears> always been been help. I've been always living my authentic self i've always been giving dates by the way every time i would go to a conference i would always take a boxes of dates with me because i want to share part of my culture with the world like every time we would have like we have something similar to halloween here yeah and when i used to work in these big organizations i would take that day off to spend it with the kids who would be coming to our houses for me for me, that was me showing who I am. So it's it's not purpose is not something you discover, it's something you find. It it's already has been defined for you. It just it gives a little bit of thinking. It's it's a little bit of a process. I'm happy to share it if we have time. And, and you're gonna find it. But the challenge is you find it and you live it. Many people find their purpose, but they choose not to live it, which is which is the sad fact.
0: Oh why? Why do people do that? Do what? They they find their purpose but choose not to live it. It takes courage to live your purpose. You guys cannot let fear stop you from doing what you know you need to do. 100%.
2: Or comfort.
0: Yeah, or comfort. Or
2: comfort. 100%. 100%. I remember like there are six groups of people. I, I mean, I've been helping people find their purpose for life for a very long time. And there are six stages, six groups of people. So group number one is the group that from the day they are born until the day they pass away, they never hear about purpose. So what do they do? Nothing. The second group is the group that hears about purpose. Maybe hears me speaking about purpose, heard about Simon Sinek speaking about purpose. Maybe read a, 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 heard the book by Dr. Franklin talking about purpose. They heard about it. What did they do? Nothing. A group number three is the group that knows of purpose. Those are the group that gets the book, they go into the seminar, they watch YouTube video. What do they do? nothing. And then you have a group number four, the group that is curious, the group that starts looking into purpose. But then when they are this close to finding it, they quit because they are scared of whatever they're going to find on the other end. So group number four, they quit. A group number five is the group that goes all 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 in and they find their purpose. And then what do they do? Nothing. And then you have group number six, the courageous ones. Those are the ones who actually go after their purpose. Those are the ones who actually make big decisions. We, we call them 10x decisions. And they actually go after the things that they are supposed to be going for. So it takes courage to live purpose. It's going to stretch you. It's going to make you do things that you're not comfortable with. It's going to put you in different situations, environment, criticism, people having a question mark every time you talk about your purpose. And But again, it is that. Sixth group, the courageous one is the one that actually lived their purpose. And from my experience, from everyone I helped, 95 people
1: quit, unfortunately. I want to talk about the concept of money for a second because people don't, I don't think people realize how money is just, it's such a spiritual thing more than it is anything else. It stands for a manifestation of energy as our friend and mentor Grant Cardone says. And, you know, going back to the six categories and what you were saying, one of the things that Grant preaches is seek opportunities, not money. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that because we live in an economic world, most people who find their purpose settle for living an average life because they would rather choose comfort and an instant gratification rather than great the great unknown where nothing is guaranteed.
2: Beautiful. That's a beautiful question. Which actually it's I think it's a good time to actually mention how, with the process of finding purpose. You mentioned something very important here. So the first stage I call them the four pillars of purpose. Pillars as if one falls the rest doesn't make sense. So the first one is, when it comes to purpose, is your gifts. What is your gifts? What are your gifts? Everybody has a gift or gifts with an S at the end, okay? Everybody has a gift as in it's something that, uh, that is given to you. Like since you are a kid, you've been good at it. Like every for the parents here or if you guys are around children, you're going to notice that there are certain kids who are so gifted at something that the rest of the kids don't are not gifted in. So it's a gift. It's something that is given to you right? So it's something that is given to you, didn't really work hard for it, okay? So this is a gift, your gift, something you are so naturally good at. The second pillar is your passion, something that sets you, you will just join a conversation. If someone talks about fitness and health, hello, hello. You guys are going to be part of that conversation because you are so fired by this topic. It is your passion. It is the area in which you are helping people. You are so excited about it and it just, it gives you energy, right? So this is the second thing, your passion. The third thing is your values, okay? Your values as in, these are the thing that is instilled in your heart and you know your values are values when they are being tested, okay? You know your values are values when they are being tested. So this is the third pillar, the fourth pillar. Your purpose should pay you. I remember I struggled with that a lot at the beginning. Okay? Your purpose should pay you. Okay? Yes, you utilize your gifts. Something you are so naturally good at. You bring your passion into it. You stick to your values, whatever they are, and it should pay you. If these things are around, but they don't pay you, something is a little bit not balanced. So the pillar is the, the purpose is not balanced. So for me, for example, by the way, I made the shift. I didn't continue the story. I made the shift in my career from finance to learning and development when I realized that this is where I need to help people. I need to be a great trainer, coach, speaker, mentor, and teacher. This is my area. This is my passion. I remember when I made the shift, I didn't tell my dad for like a year and a half, but he would notice that I wake up in the morning and I run. And he's like, What's happening? I'm like, dad, I'm going to work. He's like, what's happening at work? I'm like, I'm going to go to work. I'm like, oh, my God, why is this so weird for my dad to actually buy that I'm going to work and I'm so excited. Right. So again, it fuels me. Right. And I go and I get paid for the thing that I love to do. Right. And I remember during that time, within six months, I got promoted. And my dad was amazed, but he didn't know it was. He thought it was in finance. But I told him a year and a half after I made a decision and I opened my training center. I'm like, Daddy, I need to make a confession. Hello, Dad. I have I have to confess something to you, Mr. Isa. I'm like, uh, Daddy, I made a choice a year and a half ago. I'm not in finance anymore. I'm in a learning and development. It's done. It's dusted. I'm part of John Maxwell team, and I have all these different certifications. It's done. I didn't find much resistance there because he now sees the results, right? So yes i was paid in finance there was a lot of money coming into my bank account when i was in learning and development a lot of money was coming into my bank account but the difference is how creative how passionate how excited how fulfilled how much i feel like i'm helping people the world is alive i felt alive like this is the thing that god almighty created me for and i'm living it and i'm getting paid for it this is how you know it's your thing you love it. You are so excited about it, no matter how sometimes you feel you're tired or you feel like, oh my God, it's a long day. But again, you still have the energy to do one more thing, to help one more person, to go live one more time for the day, even though you are exhausted. Because you know that someone someone out there may be waiting for your message to come across.
0: When you see them do this, they're clapping for you.
2: I understand, I understand. Perfect. Thank you guys.
1: Appreciate that. So it sounds as if, the concept of purpose and everything that you're saying, by the way, like, I don't know about you, but I can resonate with so I'm much. Loving like, it. It, I'm loving it. It, it's amazing. Um, I feel like way, I should have been a comedian. <laughs> but, you know, something that you brought up that's really, really important is Mr. Gary, your, yeah. your very first mentor seems to have been the catalyst to a whole new world. And it just kept on unfolding, unfolding. You got signals from the universe. You were in tune and present enough to figure it out and just take the next step and test it and test it and test it and just completely surrender to the process. But, you know, in your journey of figuring out your purpose and arriving and just you know, continuously moving along it. How has, tell us a little bit about the importance of having mentors Mm -hmm. along Mm -hmm. the way. Yeah, yes. And how that amplified what it is that you're doing. Great.
2: Yes, 100%, 100%. I cannot stress enough about the importance of mentors. And to be honest with you, I got like during my life, I had and I still have a lot of different mentors, each in their own expertise. The idea of mentors is that think about it as someone who knows the way they are credible and they can show you the way. And the most important thing of all that is that there is a human connection and a human bond. They get you. They understand you. They want to help you. They will be hard on you. They will not be easy, not because they want to be mean, just because they want to actually intentionally help you. So I remember like that when, when, when Mr. Gary uh, like helped me at that time, at that time, I didn't call him a mentor. I didn't think about him as a mentor as well. But for me, imagine if Gary didn't say that. And many other mentors, as I go through life, they mentioned a lot of different things to me that really that really resonated with me. Right. So again, for example, Grand Cardon, God bless Grand Cardon. I'm going to tell you guys. Like uh, I only got to know Grant, like I've heard about him, but the first in time I've ever been in his presence was during the Phoenix Growth Conference in Vegas last year. And since then, I've been investing in every single mentorship program with him because I know when I listen to Grant and he says something and I don't like it, I'm like, you listen, you listen and implement, right? Because sometimes a Grant says things, I'm like, I don't want to listen, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do cold calls, you know? I I don't wanna call people. I don't wanna go do personal visits, right? Right. So I feel like sometimes, like, oh, but I know deep that, deep inside of me, it is the right thing to do. So your mentors will not be nice. I mean, they don't. I'm not expecting my mentors to be. Oh my God, Lydia, it's very nice. Let's do it. I want them to be like realistic, and I want them to be like they want to help me in the thing I'm seeking help for. I've never thought I would like sales. Uh, When I got introduced to Grant, I'm like, I'm going to buy everything except for sales. Little did I know I'm in the accelerator program, right? So basically what I'm learning from all this is that mentors are a blessing. And when we are intentional enough, when the spirit is right, and when your gut feeling is telling you to do it, go ahead and do it. And again, that's why I've been investing to be part of a Grand Cardon for the past year. And I've been part of the mentorship program also with the John Maxwell team. And like amazing, like every single one of them, they help me. They help me in an area where I need help, be it leadership, entrepreneurship, uh, financial sales, even, for example, like mindset. For me, mindset was a big one. Like I've always thought I'm different when it comes to mindset. But I don't recognize myself from now, since like comparing it to last year. Because again, when you are around the great people and when you are great mentors and something magical actually happens when you are great mentors. When you are around the great mentors, you're going to be in a proximity of other people who are attracted to that same mentor. And for me, that's priceless. Yeah. Like I meet you and answer it. Like you guys are amazing. You guys are on a mission. I have my own mission. And look at all these different events that we've been attending at least together with the grant. Grant Cardone, his team, we know we're going to get great value. And then, But then look at the network. Look, look at the people who've been hanging around during these weekends. Mm-hmm. They all are in their own missions, but they are all there to 10x. Yep. And for me, again, I would say, God bless you, Grant Cardone.
0: Yeah. We say, and you know, like proximity is power. Mm. And not just because of the person you're putting yourself close to, but because of the other like minded people who also are so. Committed that they also put are putting themselves around that person. Now a rising tide lifts all boats. So, 100%. yeah. So the community that you're in, the people that you're hanging around with matter. I'll tell you, fifty percent of the reason we invest in half of the things that we do with certain mentors is because of the community that we're going to be around. Because of the other people we're going to. hear be- you. Yeah, it's half. We know we're going to get extreme value. We know that we are going to when you have faith and you give, you're going to receive back. And then the other half of that is who are the people who we get to become friends with, who understand the way we think, and who understand that when you're on a mission, who aren't going to try to pull you down, who aren't going to try to cut you off. Those are the people that, that, that you put yourself around. And that's half of the reason that we invest in those things.
2: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Again, I love what you just mentioned, like proximity is power not only to the, to the source, but to whoever the source attracts. I love that.
0: Yes.
1: Yes. So I feel like in the room right now, there's three types of people and I want to, for one, thank you so much for, you know, your time today. Um, We know how valuable it is, but, you know, I would say that in the room right now, there are a few people who, who feel it in their heart that they are pursuing their passion. You Mm. just Feel it in your heart when you do that. There's that word called alignment. It's just heartfelt. It it cannot be, I mean, I guess it can be described, but it is more heartfelt than anything else. And then there are probably a couple of people who have an idea of what their purpose is, but they're being challenged
0: Hmm.
1: by, you know, just what society by the challenges that they will face along the way. So they're kind of like intimidated. So they're Mm walking. Shells, And then I feel like there are another group of people who are just like, okay, but tell me like how, how, and like, how do I listen to the signals? So if mm-hmm. you can just, you know, like share one quick tip from your experience to each and every one of these groups, like if you could give one tip, what would that be?
2: Yeah. First of all, when it comes to knowing your purpose or not, because some of you guys are like, oh yes, I know what it is. Some of you guys not sure or some of you guys don't even know about it. And that's okay. That's okay. It's okay for you not to know what it is. That's totally fine. But here's the thing. Your purpose is not only going to speak to your mind. It's going to speak to your heart. You're going to get emotional when you talk about it. It's not like something which is like a, it's not a, a tangible thing. It will make you feel like, oh my God, I have to do it. And by the way, here's the thing with purpose. If you want to find it, you have to be true to yourself first. You have to be true to yourself. Goes back to the four things I mentioned at the beginning. So again, this is the process. I'm going to share it with you guys. So the first one, the first part, you go ahead and you identify the pillars. Gifts, passion, values, and pay. When I say pay, I mean, which areas do you want to be paid for? Is the area you are in right now in your life, is it paying you? Is it aligned with the other pillars? Is it aligned with your gifts, passion, and values? and the pay is completing it or not. So that's number one. Second thing is a little bit of a longer process, but you guys need to sit and reflect if you are serious about finding your purpose. As I mentioned, it's not something you discover, it's something you find, okay? So you're gonna draw three timelines. How many? Three, okay? The first timeline that you're gonna draw, literally like this. You're gonna draw like a timeline like this one. I don't know if you guys can see. And the title of this first timeline will be your early life. Okay, early life as in until the age of 13. Why? Because psychologically, as a human, our brain as kids is like a piece of a sponge. There are certain memories from your childhood that is still there for a reason. There were certain childhood memories that will come back to you, and you will not even know why. So what what will you do? At the top of the timeline, you're going to write the top moments of your childhood at the bottom. You're going to write the lowest moments of your childhood. And it's okay if it's going to get you emotional. That's totally fine. That's why when I do this, it's a four-day process when I do a group coaching with it. It's a four-day process. On the second day, I give them a break. We don't meet the third day. So I give them the first day. We speak about gifts, passion, values, and pay, as you guys will do. Second thing is you're going to go ahead and do the three timelines, okay? So the first timeline is going to be your early life until the age of 13, whatever you can remember, until the age of 13, okay? top moments. Lowest moments. The second timeline you guys will do is your career slash school. Okay. Career slash school slash profession. Top moments, lowest moments. Same thing. Again, it needs some work, ladies and gentlemen. I know it needs some work. It's not something that you just, you know, it doesn't just click like that. Okay. The third timeline is your life, your whole life. Top, lowest, we call them life defining moments. Top moments. Lowest moments, top moments, lowest moments. Like, for example, in my case, it was Mr. Gary. It was the thing that happened with our soldiers. So life-defining moments, right? Something that triggered something in you. It could be negative and Sorry, it could be negative. It could be positive. Or it could be negative that became positive. And that's okay. You can keep experimenting with that, okay? So that's the third timeline. What do you do after you are done? You look at the whole thing. Early life, career, and you look at your at, oh my god earlier career and life right you look at them all, and then you select your top five to six stories what is the catch they give you a sense of fulfillment something that gives you a sense of fulfillment that's the catch okay something that's fulfilled you maybe when you are a kid maybe it's a piece of chocolate maybe helping another kid i don't know what it is okay so top five what do you do after you collect the top five stories you find someone who loves you and trusts you. It could be a mentor, it could be a friend, it could be a colleague, it could be a sister, it could be a brother, it could be a spouse, whoever it is. Find that person and share these five stories with them. Share these five stories with them and tell the other person to do something. The other person who at the receiving end asks them to capture two things for you, your emotions and the themes. Emotions and themes. The other person at the receiving end hearing you talking about these top five stories will be capturing your emotions and your themes. After that, you have the conversation with that person. okay? And you're gonna notice certain themes starts coming out. And if you notice, maybe the stories don't really resonate or as you're sharing them like, oh my God, it didn't give me a sense of fulfillment. You can always go back to the timelines and select another one. There is no police for this. You can do whatever you want, okay? Select that one. This is going to be the second and part, by the way. Third part, you're gonna put it in a statement. I know it's a bit of a process. And it's But trust me, you're going to find your purpose by the end of it when you are intentional. Okay, so the third thing, you are going to go ahead and write your purpose statement, cause and effect. Your purpose statement, cause and effect. You cannot say, for example, my purpose is to help others. Great, very general. What do you want to help people with? If you do step one and step two, right, the pillars, and then you do the timelines, when you come to the third stage, you'll be like, okay, it's kind of connecting together. It should be a cause an effect. For example, if I say I want to help people embrace their authentic self. Okay, well done, Miriam. Okay, that's a cause. What is the effect to serve a bigger purpose? So it should be a cause and an effect. And after that, what do you do once you write it down? And by the way, it's going to be like maybe few drafts. Don't worry about perfecting it. The last part of it will be test it. Start testing it. Start talking about it. Uh, start saying it here and there. At the beginning, I was not very comfortable sharing my purpose. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, how do I introduce myself with my purpose? Now I do it all the time. It's on my LinkedIn. It's on my social media. It is the first thing I start with on my sessions, like when I do my trainings and stuff like that. And then I become so comfortable with it. So and again, it's the thing that gives me. It's like my compass, right? It's my fuel. So that's pretty much the process. I know it's a little bit long, but if you are intentional about it, you're going to find your purpose by the end of that fourth day or fourth stage.
0: That is like a practical way to at least begin, you guys, at least begin to find it. Yeah. And yeah. and one thing that you said that I think is crucial for people to understand that may have slipped under the rug is if you are intentional, if you are intentional, like you threw it out there a couple of times and I was like, oh, I'm so glad she said that. I'm so glad she said that. I was thinking that. But that's so important because it's easy. And and sadly, so much of society is walking through life very numb and and unintentional. And we are here to to wake them up, right? To discover, very similar to Miriam, who is you? Who are you? And how do you begin to live truly authentically into that so you can find maximum fulfillment in your life? In all the five buckets we were talking about this week. So good. Yeah. Thank you you so much for that. Thank you so much. Hey, can we get one of these? If that was like extremely valuable off the roof.
1: Thank you guys. Appreciate you. Okay. So I want to ask you two more questions. The first one is, do you think why depression rates and anxiety rates are so high? nowadays more than ever because people are so out of touch with their purpose and their soul is screaming out but you know they're just so highly influenced just by the negativity of like average society and there's just misalignment do you think it has anything to do with that
2: Uh, absolutely but i'm gonna tell you imagine like you are walking and you don't know where you're headed how will you feel like if you are walking in life and you don't know where you're headed. You know you're going. You're walking like your legs are walking, but you don't know which direction. Of course, you will feel lost, and you feel you gonna feel stressed and anxious, and not sure what you wanna do with your life. And then again, and mentally it's gonna be triggered to your physical body, and then things is gonna start falling apart. I believe that when you know what your purpose is, it's gonna help you with that. Actually, there's a great book by uh, Doctor. Franklin, oh my God, Uh, Victor Franklin. Yes, Dr. Victor Franklin. That was the very first book written on purpose. It's called A Man's Search for Meaning. A Man's Search for Meaning. And that book was uh, written uh, during uh, World War II because Dr. Franklin was actually in one of the concentration camps. And he would notice that people will just pass away between Christmas and the New Year, even though there's not physical reasons. It's because of stressful reasons. Why? Because many of these people who were captured, they thought that they will be released by Christmas or New Year. And when Christmas comes and New Year comes and they are still in jail, something happens to their immune system. To Again, I'm not into medicine much, but something happens into their mental state that affects their physical state. And many of them, as a result, they die. Dr. Franklin would actually notice that. And in the book, he explains it in a way that really resonates with that resonated with me personally. So yes, it it can lead to that. And for me personally, if my life was like before, like if I didn't find my purpose and make the decisions to live my purpose, I'm gonna tell you, I right now I will be, I wouldn't be in the current shape I am in right now, because I remember when I was in finance at doing something that I didn't like. It's true that I was having everything I wanted, but my health was not very good. Like I was always stressed. I would stay at work until midnight and I would like, I'm all over the place. I drink a lot of coffee. I don't eat healthy. I don't, it messes with me, right? But then again, this is my own personal experience. When I did find my purpose, there's a lot of things that got aligned for me. And for me, it's a blessing.
1: Yeah, I love it. You know, so now I want to touch on one more thing because I also feel as if, A lot of people think that once you find your purpose, it's like there's no more challenges and difficulties in life. (laughs) So Only only, that was true. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Right. But just to think one step ahead, what from your own experience, what would you say one should expect? Once finding their purpose, what kind of challenges and adversities are they going to face and be tested with on a daily basis?
2: I love it. I love this question. This is this is a real question. This is no filter question. You know, I love it. And so, basically, finding your purpose is like having this moment. Oh my God, I found it. This is my purpose. Great. Well done. This is the easy part. Now, okay. (laughs) This is the. I mean, you want me to be nice or realistic? I'm being realistic here, okay? So, yeah. So, <laughs> so basically, expect that you're going to be challenged in areas you didn't even think about them as a challenge. I'm going to share my personal thing here, okay? Again, coming from, I'm in a different world, but we kind of all share the same thing. Uh, when, the minute you start living your purpose, you're going to notice something. You're going to be having new challenges, as in, for example, major decisions that you have to make. Do I stay in this career path I am in, or should I change it? Do I have to stay in this physical location I am in, or should I be moving someone else? Should I leave this organization and then go start somewhere else? Should I stay with this business, or should I start another one? So you're going to start making big decisions that you didn't even think about it. And even... There will be more decisions that you didn't even think about it as a decision. It will be like, oh, my God, I didn't know that my environment is not helping me. I didn't know that being around these people is not helping me. One of the things I've done the minute I found my purpose is that there are certain people that they had to go. Certain people that they had to go. Okay, some of them are actually friends. Okay. But then when I started talking to them about my first purpose and they started mocking my purpose or making fun of it or like, oh, my God, you think you're going to make it? How do you think? you?" Miriam, We know you. We know you. We've been friends for a very long time. You cannot make it. You cannot make it. This is not for you. It's just, oh, my God, you are reading too many books. Did Simon Sinek's ideas get to your head? You know, now they're telling me, is Grand Cardone getting to your head? You know, but basically you're going to notice that you're going to be the environment around you might not be supportive. Not only the big decisions you have to make, there is the environment decision that you will have to make. Something about the environment. Someone out there is gonna, out of care, out of care, some of them, out of care, they will try to take you out of that decision because they care for you. But by the end of the day, your purpose is like a vision that God has given it to you. He didn't give it to someone else. He gave it to you. That's why you see it while others don't, right? Another thing that you would also be facing other than that, maybe the environment and the big decisions you will be making as well. There is this thing that I call being what's the right word right now you're gonna notice that your mindset will start changing in a way that you cannot even explain my mindset ladies and gentlemen like when I found my purpose 2015 2016 I was attracted to the community of John Maxwell. I went to see him and Simon Sinek. By the way, I met John Maxwell and Simon Sinek on one day on October 7th of 2016. That was the first day I met both of my favorite authors on one day. That was a big day for me. Okay. So when I went there and I remember John Maxwell shared with us the law of design, what one of the 15 laws of a growth, right? The law of design to maximize growth, develop strategies. And that hit my mind. I'm like, what is my strategy? What is your strategy for personal growth? Going to a conference is not a that's not a growth it's just an event so what are you doing that day something in my head shifted that my mindset started drifting to places i didn't know it can drift into <laughs> like i'm like what personal growth what does that even mean you know so again for me your your mindset is going to start growing and it's going to start attracting people who you didn't even know existed so this is what i always say when you find your purpose it's going to take you to places you never thought that you'll go to. It will introduce you to people who you never thought that you will meet. And it will put you through situations to show you what you are made of. Oh, fire. So you're going to face challenges. It's going to come in different forms. It could be physical and it could be in, in a true person. But by the end of the day, it's going to be that campus for you. Your purpose will be that campus for you. It's going to, you're still going to keep going regardless of the challenges. You're going to see the obstacle. It's whether you're going to jump on it, go around it or break it. You're going to do something with it. You're not going to stay. You're going to, you are not going to look at the obstacle. You're going to see the opportunity after passing that because many people, they need your help. Many people need your help. You don't know who, but all what I know is that your voice should be so loud that it cannot be ignored because you live your purpose.
0: Your voice should be so loud that it cannot be ignored because you have
1: a purpose. Okay. So now we want to hear it loud and clear. What is your mission?
0: What is your purpose?
1: You.
2: Oh, me? I thought you were asking the audience. I'm sorry. I got distracted there for a second. So my purpose is to help others embrace their authentic self to serve a bigger purpose. My mission is to train people to intentionally grow in the areas they are supposed to be growing at, so they can be better for themselves, for their families, for their societies, for their communities, and for their nations. Mm.
1: When we have the same exact conversation, it's not gonna be the same because you're gonna evolve a lot and so will we. What? At 100%. By this time in 2031, between now and then, what did you accomplish?
2: Oh, it's funny that you asked me this question because a few days ago I did this exercise. By that time? 2031. I will be, or well, I'm going to say it the way I write my goals in the morning. Okay, so I'm going to write it in that form. I'm going to be the master trainer for government institutions in Dubai. I am going to be the go-to person for intentional growth. I'm going to be the person who will be showing others the roads to find their purpose. I'm going to be The person who shows the world that no matter what kind of challenges you face is just an excuse and the things beyond the excuse is something that is so worth fighting for.
0: That is beautiful. Can I have you say those again? But this is an opportunity where I see to bring value even to you. Go ahead. Can you reread those? But instead of saying, I will be, can you say I am?
2: Oh, I said I will. Okay, I'm sorry. In my head, it's in Arabic it environment. Okay, I'm going to say it. I am. So I am, I am the go-to for personal growth. I am the master trainer for government institutions in Dubai. I am the one who is showing others the road to find their purpose. I am the one who will be showing others that there is no excuses for you to get the thing that you want, because the minute you get the thing that you want, everything else is worthwhile. It's all worthwhile.
0: I wanted to hear it like that because I truly, truly believe that you are that nobody knows it yet. We do. Nobody knows it yet, except for. Thank you. Who shared it with and believes you and will support behind you. That's so beautiful.
1: My love. Thank you so much for your time today. We know it's extremely valuable. You're an absolute gift to this universe. And for those of you guys watching we know that this added a lot of value for you. If this added just one small golden nugget, please do us a favor and share it with somebody else. This is the gift that we ask for. When you receive it, just pay it forward, okay? 100%. You guys are awesome. We love you guys. Thank you so much for spending your time with us, Mariam. It's a blessing. Thank you. And I, and I will see you guys very soon. I know I will. Yes. Are you coming to the growth con? Yes. You must. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we will see you there. So okay, much guys. for you guys. Take care, Mariam. Take care, everybody. Bye, Bye everyone. You. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Espresso with Erin and Sari. On your way out, be sure to check out our website, erinandsari.com, to keep up to date with what we have going on and maybe grab some free stuff.
0: And if you feel so inclined, hop on over to leave us a five-star review, wink, wink. And remember, life is more fun when you subscribe to Erin
1: and Sarit.